Idris Mohammed, welcome to WWOZ. Thank you very much. It's great to have you here in the city of New Orleans. And how does it feel to be back here? This is my home. This is where I'm from. So it's great to be back here. You got good weather, good food, and good people. <laughs> so I'm happy. Oh, I never thought I'd be this happy down here again because my my travels uh, took me quite a few places, and I never thought that I would be here living in New Orleans. But now that I'm back living, oh, it's a ball. I'm having a great time. And you've been away for a long time, haven't you? Oh, 56 years. 56 years is a long, long time. Yeah, it's a long time. But, you know, I was blessed. Uh, I'm one of the drummers in the world that a lot of people learn how to play the, how to play the drums for me. <laughs> because Truth. of this town. Because New Orleans is a drum town. We had many great drummers from here. But I was fortunate enough to uh, to play the drums. You're listening to WWOZ FM New Orleans, and this is Jazz from the French Market with your host, Marise. Uh, I have in the house with me uh, Idris Mohammed and also Don Paul. And uh, Don, you pick the track, Rhythming. Tell sure. us, Tell us why. Oh, because it kind of exemplifies how Idris can play, you know, at least as a jazz player and the whole ensemble was so stellar. It's from a uh, concert in Bern, Switzerland in 1993 with Chico Freeman and Arthur Blythe and Sam Rivers and Don Pullen on piano. So uh, I love the track. It's on YouTube as Bessie Blue- Bessie's Blues somehow, but if it's really Monk's tune. Yeah. Thank you for that. And Idris Mohammed. Yes, my dear. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to have you here already. The phones have uh, lit up. Well, light them up then. Okay. Don't the, no, we don't want no fire. We'll just light them up. Okay. Um, so many people have, uh, I think there are people waiting also to speak with you. But, um, Don, I'll let you lead off with, uh, you know, with a few thoughts about Idris, Idris's career and uh, some of his music, because we have a lot of music queued up here. Um, the oh, next yeah. one that uh, you actually picked was uh, Idris Mohammed. Um, well, the title of the cut is New Orleans. Yeah, so from, ni- <laughs> from 1980. Yeah, the Make yes. It Count album. Yeah. Yes, that's a good. It's a great. It's it's an that's Indian great. chant, but it's so soulful. Well. <coughs> Idris is too modest to get the big head, right? No. Well, no. my mother shrunk that head when I was nine years old. <laughs> so the big head never got to me. But uh, 
I've been blessed anyhow to yeah. be able to have a talent to play the drums uh, as well as I did. So a lot of drummers learned how to play the drums from me because of this town, New Orleans, because New Orleans is a, a drum town. This is a drummer's paradise here. And drummers play here like drummers, nobody in the world plays the drums like the guys here. You know, in reading your book, Inside the Music, uh, I recall a few times you say that always in your head, no matter what you were playing, was the, the bass drum of the uh, second line mm -hmm. and the tambourine of the Indians. Yeah, well, that's because I was raised with that. Yeah. Uh, Donald Harrison Sr. was the chief of our neighborhood. So I used to hear these tambourines and they would sing these songs all the time. And, you know, then the guys would come down the street uh, with the marching band uh, with the second line. And I was a kid, but I would dance under the bass drum player. <laughs> so that boom was always in my head. Yeah. And so when I started playing the drums, uh, I was too short to sit on the seat and play the bass drum, so I used to stand up and play the bass drum. Wow. That's a lot of coordination there. Well, um, you figure a drummer has have to have a lot of coordination because the way I see it is that a drummer, uh, he's playing two hands and two feet at the same time. So that means your brain is split in four pieces. <laughs> so my mother, uh, by my older brothers playing the drums, she used to say to me, you know, play that drum there, that, that one on the floor, play that one, hit that, you're not hitting that enough. And I said, well, Ma, I can't sit on the seat, my feet, I can't reach the bass drum pedal. She said, well, stand up and play it. So I was standing up and playing due to that. Drummers say that I I I, uh, I have a heavy foot. That means I play the bass drum, and most of my music is off of the bass drum. to WWOZ FM New Orleans and uh, we have uh, been listening to a tune titled New Orleans so so we had such an interesting conversation off air Idris' eyes lifted as soon as he heard the track and he recalled the drum that he was playing and how he got to play that log drum why don't you talk about that well the log drum is is a drum from Senegal Africa right and it's what it is it's a log yeah. A piece of tree that was carved out and had a lot of faces on the sides. And a uh, uh, guitar player, when I was working in the musical Hair on Broadway, uh, he gave it to me as a gift. So I, I didn't know what to do with it because he said he had a drum for me. 
and he brought this thing and he put it between my seat and my bass drum on the stage and I, I, I told the stage hand, please come take this who put this junk here? Move it out the way, get this thing away. Then when I found out it was a drum, I took it home. I didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> but then yeah. you saw Well I saw Ballet African. Yeah. And they had like six of these drums on the stage. And I said, oh, that's how you do that. So I went, cut off some broomsticks, and I started playing it. Then I found out all of these different tones on the drum. Mm. So I learned how to play it. Mm. And that track you just heard, you shocked me. <laughs> you shocked me. Because I, I had been playing this drum for a while. Many recordings I've made playing this drum. And when I heard that, I was kind of shocked because I'm not a singer. But I wrote this song, and I wrote it because it's, New Orleans is my home, and I'm happy to be back in my home. <laughs> yeah, we're so happy you to play. Have you back. <laughs> I, I'm very happy to be back here. All right. uh, you got good food, good weather, and good people. Hmm. So I'm very happy. Idris, could you speak about how uh, Le Belle African affected you when you saw it right around the corner from here? Well, when I saw it, the most shocking thing was to see 16 drummers coming through the audience playing the drums, man. The sound was incredible. Then when they got to the stage, they had one guy straddling a barrel that had two heads on it. And he was playing this drum, and it was toting him around the stage. So I tried to see what I could do with my drums when I heard these drums. Mm. So I went back to the theater two days after, retuned the drums, mm. and tried to get this sound that 16 drummers had. Mm. So being from New Orleans, down here, the big sound in the marching band or the second line band is the bass drum. He got a cymbal on top of the bass drum and he playing with one mallet in his right hand. That's the sound of the second line band. So I had this indebted in me because when the band would come to my neighborhood, I would always dance under the bass drum. <laughs> so the guy says in New York, that my drum plan is from the bottom up. Instead, most drummers play the top down, but I play from the bottom up. So I play the bass drum first. Mm. So that's the difference in, in my drum plan. But it took me more than 40 years to, to really learn how to do this. Get on 
531 in the Crescent City. You're listening to WWOZFM New Orleans. And in the house, uh, we have Idris Mohammed and uh, my co-host for the segment, Don Paul. And we're exploring uh, New Orleans uh, music as it relates uh, throughout the world with uh, drummer Idris Mohammed. We just listened to a track where Idris Mohammed uh, uh, was playing with the Impressions. And uh, prior to that, uh, a track with Pharaoh Sanders, and that was tied, that is titled um, uh, You've Got to Have Freedom. Whoa. So those were uh, just were amazing, and I could tell uh, Idris that uh, those brought back a lot of memories for you. Great memories. Great memories, man. Uh, playing, I must have played at least about 20 years with Pharaoh Sanders. And then this record you just played. Oh, man, you touched my heart. Because <laughs> I, I could remember how that happened. Curtis and I were going to Chicago. We stopped in Philadelphia. This is Curtis Mayfield. Yeah, with and we got a room. Right? Yeah. And uh, Curtis had just bought a hollow box guitar, and he was playing this on the, on playing this song on that guitar. We got to Chicago, we recorded it. So it came out like that, and I'm listening to that. And so you heard the chord changes in a hotel room, and yeah, then you man. went in the studio. Well, wow. I was... <laughs> I'm gifted as the drums, man. I could hear something and mm-hmm. know what to play mm-hmm. and how to play it. Mm-hmm. And I knew this this particular track I played, the brushes on. Mm-hmm. Just the brushes, and I knew what I had to play. And I played it, it fit real well, and we made a hit record. Mm, it's a beautiful, beautiful record. Oh, it's a great song, great. Two minutes and 40 seconds, and there's so much in it. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, Curtis Mayfield was kind of like a, a mystery man. Mm-hmm. Because he could write, he would write songs that, that, uh, when you finished the track, you knew it was a hit record. Mm-hmm. Then he had a voice that was unusual at that time. You know, it was kind of a falsetto, but it was by him singing with Jerry Butler and the impressions. Mm-hmm. That sound of Curtis mm-hmm. fit right with the mm-hmm. group. Mm-hmm. Then when he started singing himself, he put the impressions back together, mm-hmm. and he said, hey, man, listen, I'm going to put this group back together. You want to come with us? And I said, hey, man, let's go. Yeah. Yeah, one of the reasons they're so perfect harmonically is they were backing vocalists before they were. Yeah, Yeah, well, you see, in those days, there Mm -hmm. wasn't no overdubbing. Mm -hmm. You did a track, and you did it so well that you didn't have to do it anymore Mm -hmm. in those days. So you could do a track. I've done quite a few records of a track in one take. One take hit records. Idris, we're going to run out of time because we've got uh, about seven more tracks of yours to play. Okay, I'm going to stop talking. Oh, no, no, you talk great, but we're going to have to play music so we can... Okay, play it. Yeah. These are two tracks that you composed, and they're from roughly the same time, right around 1970, 1971, and 
we'll just kind of let them rip back to back because they're very different. And again, it uh, uh, shows just how much of a capacity you had. This this first one, I think, will uh, take you way back and then a uh, very pretty long composition of yours called Wander. <laughs> here in the Crescent City and uh, uh, just before that announcement we were listening to a tune um, composed by Idris Mohammed titled Wanda and uh, Idris Mohammed is here with us and uh, my co-host for the segment Don Paul is here as well and we've had some great conversations off mic uh, but we'll share some of it with you because it's all absolutely fascinating. So Idris, uh, that was your first album as a leader at Black Rhythm Revolution in 1970, and you recorded it at Rudy Van Gelder's studio. You were speaking about how you and Rudy got along and what Rudy did with your drums and what a good relationship it was. And you also talked about the origin of the song being about your daughter. My daughter, yeah, yeah. Shawanda, yeah. yeah. That was my first kid from a first marriage here in New Orleans. Uh, so I, I I wrote it, and I said, okay, I could put Shawanda on it, but Wanda is better. So I came up with that. Yeah, it's a beautiful tune. Oh, I like it, man. It was yeah. one, of the, one of the songs that I did that I liked how I played on. Mm-hmm. And it's a tremendous solo. Well, kind of like what I learned from my brothers. How mm-hmm. to play the drums. Mm-hmm. And uh, Smokey Johnson, John Boudreaux used to practice in my house. Mm. And I learned a few things about the drums. Mm. How to tune the drums. How to play the drums. Mm. You know, how to love the drums. Mm. My tuning of the drums, uh, a lot of cats didn't know uh, how to tune the drums. I have a thing about the bass drum that I hate to play a bass drum with a hole in the front end. <laughs> what do you call that kind of drum? A hole, a homeless drum. <laughs> they have a hole in the bass drum. They have a pillow and a blanket. <laughs> so what sound can you get out of that? I call it a, a homeless sound. drum. A homeless <laughs> drum, man. So I, 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 everybody who uh, knew me knew that I never liked a bass drum with a hole in the front. And that hole in the front of the head came from Rudy Van Gelder's. Because mm-hmm. I, I play 
an 18-inch bass drum, small, small bass drum, 18 inches, two uh, 14 by 14 floor toms, and two 12-inch rack toms. So when I'm tuning the drums, I always learn how to tune the drums from my mother. She <laughs> said, like, hit this drum. This don't sound right. Okay, turn the key on this. Make this sound like this and that. So my drums, my my toms was always the bottom hairs was tighter than the top. Yeah. How did your mother know how to tune drums? Because she had four sons that played the drums. Okay. <laughs> that was easy. That was easy. That was very easy. And she used to come to me and say, hey, look, play this drum on the floor. I've been all day you've been playing. You never play this drum on the floor. I said, well, Ma, I can't sit on the seat and play the drum. My leg's too short. She said, stand up and play them. So I stand up and play the bass drum. Your mother was musical. Oh, was she? My mother's French. My dad is from Nigeria. You know he's from Nigeria. Do I know he's from Nigeria? Uh-huh. I have been to Nigeria. Wow. I know Pop is from Nigeria, and he played the banjo. Wow. So they said that I learned a lot of rhythm from my dad because the banjo is a rhythm instrument. Oh, that says a lot. Oh, yeah, and he yeah. sang and played the banjo. My mother used to make him take us out on the back porch and sing songs to us uh, while she was cooking. Ah. So I, I learned a lot of songs that I didn't know until I got to New York that what they call standards. Ah. My dad used to sing all of them. Yeah, you had all that melodic information oh, that I came had a lot to you of before. Stuff. Yeah. yeah, it was musical, man. Mm. Musical <laughs> and blessed. Mm, like Charlie Parker. Oh, boy. Mm. Oh, boy. Mm. When I first heard him, I couldn't understand what they were playing. Mm. But Max Roach uh, became one of my good friends, and he explained it to me how it went. Mm-hmm. And so they, he said, man, you can play jazz. I said, man, I can't play no jazz. I'm not a jazz drummer. He said, yeah, you can play it. So when Farron Saunders and I started playing together, uh, Max would come down and listen at me play and say, oh, man. See, I told you you could do that. (laughs) (laughs) Let's uh, move on if we could, as fast, as good as this is, or we won't get to all the tracks. This is a couple of uh, versions of very popular songs that Idris did uh, in the middle 1970s, Superbad and Mm. Hey Pocky Way. Mm. Let's listen to Superbad right now. That was Superbad featuring Idris Mohammed right here on WWOZ FM New Orleans. Uh, the time is uh, 6.03, and uh, of course, we were having a discussion about some of the the sounds in this cut, and um, Idris Mohammed, please <laughs> tell us about that, well, that unique sound in this song. <laughs> what is Unique sound is that the opening and closing of the hi-hat, which is called a sock cymbal. Uh, I used to live next door uh, to a dry cleaners, and they had uh, three steam machines. And 
the machine, when you let up off the pillar, it say, shh, like that. So I took that sound, and I put it on the hi-hat. So when I got to New York, the guy was saying, man, what is this hi-hat you doing? How you do that? How you play that? And I said, oh, you just hit the hi-hat and open it and close it back up. So it said, shh, <laughs> like that. It's just very easy. Just have to learn <coughs> to live next to a certain laundry. Well, I live next to the dry cleaners, <laughs> and she used to get mad at it, at me, and say, "Man, you playing them drums all day long. You don't drive me crazy. Here, go get me two quarts of beer." And, uh, <laughs> I get the beer for her, and she says, "Listen, if you don't stop playing them drums all day. I'm gonna call the police." So one day she did call the police. <laughs> police came and said, "Uh." We want to see this band. My mother said, there's no band here. She said, yes, there is a band here, and they're in here playing and smoking weed. <laughs> so my mother let him in, and he came in. they came in, and they saw me playing the drums with the radio loud. They said, hey, Miss Morris, if we get some more calls about the drums, we're going to take the call, but we'll never come back here again. Yeah. Wow. So I had a card brunch to play the drums in my house <laughs> as loud as I want, as long as I want. Before I forget, um, of course, uh, uh, we're in the studio here at WWOZ with uh, Don Paul and Idris Mohammed. Um, Idris Mohammed, I spoke to Cyril Neville earlier who wanted to send his warm, warm greetings to you. He yeah. couldn't come because um, he was across the lake but he told me, um, you know, to to just send to give you this warm greeting. Well, you see, these guys, uh, the Nevilles, was family to me, because Aaron and I used to just we ran the streets <laughs> of New Orleans everywhere together, him and I, and we used to dream about what we wanted to do in music. My first job, professional, was playing with Art Neville with the Hawkettes. And these guys was my friends. We played together, we lived together, we had together. We did a lot of things together. We was a family. In those days, we don't have this today because kids are busy trying to do this and that. But the love of a family means so much to a human being, if you can get it. Yes. If you can get it, it means a lot. So it depends on how much love your mother and father had for each other, and they turned that over to you. Beautiful. Let's uh, go to the next track, because it's a perfect segue talking about uh, where uh, Idris grew up and how he grew up and with whom he grew up. Okay, Don Paul. Um, and then we'll be back with Idris Mohammed here at WWOZ to talk about that. This cut is titled, Hey, Pakewe. What? Yeah.
Now, during the the time we were um, off mic, you were saying that um, you really have to know about this song to be able to sing it. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. If you don't know about it, you don't know how to sing it. This is an Indian song. I mean, you got to know about this. I tried to teach the guy who sung it in New York how how to sing it. I just gave up and just said, look, (laughs) you do what you can. And if it's not if it's not good, I'll get somebody else to do it. <laughs> but it came out of I kept it. Yeah. But that's that's one of the most famous Indian songs in New Orleans. Mm. And you know the Indians is the most popular thing we have in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. That's but right. we don't know it. But it's the most popular. It's so pretty, mm-hmm. and it's so nice, and it's so real, mm-hmm. and it's so natural. So you were brought into uh, the uh, Donald Harrison. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Donald Harrison's dad lived right across the street from me. Mm-hmm. And he would come out, oh, God, Mardi Gras Day in front of the house would be, oh, man, it would be something that you could not imagine if you don't know about it. So a few years ago, mm-hmm. I got kind of brave. <laughs> brave. <laughs> I got brave because I I had down down Donald Junior uh, to mass with him about four years. Yeah. So I was an Indian for about four years. There's a great photo of you on the your book inside the music that oh, you're man, look, man, going to was, donate to the roots of music. I was yeah. I was I was in heaven. Mm-hmm. I put them suits on. And I was in heaven. Mm-hmm. Did you sew your own suit? I did a little bit, you know, but I was living in New York, so I had <laughs> I had criminals down here sewing for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, they'd always call up and say, hey, man, you need $500 or my lights fixing to get cut off, man. I can't start, stop sewing. <laughs> I need $300. Do this. I need that. I need this and that. I said, man, do you have my stuff? He said, I got your stuff. When you coming down, so I would come down a month ahead of Mardi Gras, so I'd be sure that I, you know. And they sold for me; it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I have four suits. Mm-hmm. I have a little niece who kidnapped one of my suits, <laughs> and, and she was the queen or something. I don't know, but she had my suit on. Uh-huh. But she mm-hmm. liked it so much. But I have, I have four suits at home, so I'm trying to figure out what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll give it to a museum or something. That sounds good. Yeah. Bro. We're doing something. uh, I would like to do something to help kids. Yeah. Well, I I spoke Mm -hmm. with Derek Tabb on Monday, and they do welcome your donation of Inside the Music to the Roots of Music. And he welcomes especially you as an instructor if you want to come over. Well, I like to do that, too. Yeah. Because uh, all of my life, people was helping me, Mm -hmm. especially as a kid. You know, Art Neville gave me my first gig playing with his band. So next thing you know, man, he said <laughs> I could play. <laughs> and I said, oh, I can? He said, yes, you're a great drummer. And, and Kid Jordan, too. Oh, Kid Jordan, man. Yeah. Kid Jordan was a guy who was playing jazz. I'm talking about cold-blooded jazz. <laughs> when I was playing funk, he was playing <laughs> jazz, man. And... I but he told you you could play. Well, he said, this yeah. cat can play, so he yeah. let me play with him. Yeah. And uh, he showed me how to swing. 
I didn't know nothing about that. But now, I made some records that are really nice swinging records. <laughs> Could we play uh, f- three tracks of his now? Uh, one with Grant Green, who was uh, mm. one of your, I think, more kindred collaborators. Well, yeah, they were well, all good. Well, Grant was, Grant was what I call a sweetheart. Mm. His heart was like butter. Mm. Nice guy. Played a kid. He used to call me little brother. Say, little brother, listen at this. And I, he would play it. He said, play me a beat for this. And I, that's how we recorded. You're listening to WWOZFM New Orleans, and we have with us uh, Idris Mohammed and also Don Paul. And uh, today, uh, Idris Mohammed is really uh, treating us to um, uh, his uh, his recollections, his music, um, and we're talking about really New Orleans music and its uh, relationship to world music. Yeah, Idris uh, Fair was uh, talking about the Indians and what a treasure they are, and that that he's learned that through traveling the world. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> there's no place in the world that has that. Uh, I know a lot of places that have uh, carnivals and different things happening, but we have a treasure here in New Orleans, uh, which is they call the Mardi Gras Indians. But these guys have been sewing these suits for years and years and years. I mean, I traveled a lot for 56 years, but I've never seen anything like that in no place of the world other than here in New Orleans. Now, Idris Mohammed, um, when you were growing up, what was your first recollection of actually uh, experiencing uh, some of these songs? from the Mardi Gras Indians? Well, I heard it right on the street that I live, right on the corner. Because Donald Harrison Sr. was the chief of our neighborhood. So when he sang those songs, and all the guys who was massing with him, they would sing the songs too. So I learned how to hear pocket with what's going on with that. That's why I tried to teach this guy in New York how to sing <laughs> hair pocket with. But he couldn't sing it because he didn't know what what hay pocket way was and what it meant, mm-hmm. you know, and, and all of the wonderful feeling that goes with that. Yes. Yeah. I understand that because uh, one of the first songs I heard was um, Indian Red. Oh, Indian Red. Is it's a, a beautiful song. That's a prayer. Indian Red is a prayer. That's the prayer they sang before they start on the journey. Mardi Gras Day. It's a prayer. Hmm. That's a, that's a prayer. That's the, the Indians' prayer. They start, they sang that before 
the chief sent out the spy boy mm-hmm. and the flag boy and the wild man. Idris, also off air, you were talking about doing the Hajj three times and Umrah twice and also spending 40 days in the Sudan and learning the food and instruments there. Do you feel, <coughs> I mean, there, m- there must be a lot of kindred spirituality that you feel uh, from what you have known in New Orleans and what you've known as a Muslim and as a world-traveling musician? Well, see, my mother was a very religious lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to go to uh, 6 o'clock mass with her at Blessed Sacrament uh, Church in the morning, her and I. And I always remembered seeing her on her knees with her rosary beads. So uh, looking at that and growing up and how they taught us how to be good human beings. Uh, When I got to New York and I met some Muslims and uh, Orthodox Muslims and they are... was speaking to me about that. And then they told me that if you embrace Islam, that the Creator would change your whole life and your insides as a human being would be just like a newborn baby. All the sins would be gone. All the bad things you did would be gone. And if you can, for once in your life, you should go to Mecca. So I did that. I can remember the day I became a Muslim, I felt like the whole world was mine. As a matter of fact, the imam, who is what we would call the preacher, uh, wrote my name down on a piece of paper. And he gave it to me on the way back from Washington, D.C., I was looking at this piece of paper. And I was sitting on the bus and <laughs> looking at this paper. So the lady was sitting next to me. She said, uh, excuse me, son. She said, uh, do you know New York? I said, yes, ma'am, I know New York. I live there. She said, well, uh, uh, you know where you're going? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, well, why do you keep looking at this paper? <laughs> and I said, well, the paper has my name on it. She said, your name? You don't know your name? I said, yes. <laughs> I, I know my name. Like I know my name, but I just embrace <laughs> Islam, and I have a new name, so I'm trying to learn. She says, uh, well, what is your new name? I said, Idris Mohammed. She said, oh, Idris, that sounds so wonderful. That sounds marvelous. I said, yeah, it is. It's my name. <laughs> so what happened was, I went back. I was working in the musical Hair on Broadway. And uh, I went back to the theater. I got a lawyer, and I changed my name.
You're listening to WWOZ FM New Orleans, and uh, this is Jazz from the French Market with your host, Marise, and with Don Paul, who has, uh, whose idea it was uh, to, to do this, and we are so glad um, to have Idris Mohammed here. We're, we've been spending time listening to your music and also listening uh, firsthand to you talk about your music and your experiences. Lovely, lovely time. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. So nice to be home around <laughs> nice people. Yeah, well, your music's so pleasurable, whatever, well, whatever man, you know, quote genre, unquote it is. We, was, we yeah. was blessed that yeah. we were able to uh, accomplish this in our lifetime. And, and uh, being back in New Orleans, too, you know, it's like that's, that's something that I never thought that I could ever do a gang mm. is to live here. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm here, I think it's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Well, it always seemed to, that you've been guided, that Creator has had a, an intention for you. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, it's simple. If you, if you do good, you get good. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So our parents used to say that to us. Don't be with the bad guys. Be with the good guys. Yeah, you were talking about Curtis Mayfield and Grant Green as to what oh, man, sweethearts guys. they are. Yeah, Curtis is, I call him Honey, uh-huh. the honeycomb. That's how sweet he was. Mm-hmm. And Grant Green, that's butter, pure butter, <laughs> pure butter. You can spread <laughs> on nice hot piece of toast and enjoy it. <laughs> and these, these guys were my friends, yeah. and I thought of them like that because they, they liked me so much. That I could think of like that. Curtis, Curtis paid me a lot, a lot of money to work with him. And he was very generous like that. Mm-hmm. And I made, I don't know, I think I made about seven records with Grant Green. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I did a few things in my life. How <laughs> fair we were also speaking about how those records were made and the Power of Soul album being recorded in one day. And oh, yeah, well, that was Rudy Van Gelder's studio, man. Mm. And and uh, we that's just four tracks on that particular album. And, and that was Grover Washington Grover, and Bob James. Bob James, Randy Brecker, yeah. Gary King. Ralph McDonald. Ralph McDonald and myself. Yeah. Guys I used to record with all the time in New York. So we knew each other, we knew how we played, and... Making a record was very easy for us because records in those days was did in the studio live. Today they call it live recording. <laughs> but it's, you know, they don't do that no more. You know, they put rec- put a record together in sections. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, fortunate we was in a nice era in time that we made records. Mm-hmm. You know, I was saying that I came off the road uh, to do a record with Roberta Flack. I worked for her mm-hmm. for four years and a half. Mm-hmm. I did five hit records with Roberta. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're saying came off Hajj and just... Oh, man, every yeah. time I would come from Mecca, and the first recording I did was a hit record. 
as blessings. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, if you ever go someplace and you feel, you know, you're, you're spiritual, you have to feel the Creator because He's with you all the time. Yes. And once you feel it, then you know how that feels. So I was, I, mean, I was a happy guy. I could come back to New York and feel like I conquered New York. <laughs> it was easy. It wasn't hard. It wasn't difficult. I recall your book saying that you were tempted to stay longer in the Sudan. Is that right? Well, I wanted to, but <laughs> my visa was running out mm-hmm. because I liked it Sudan. So what, what I liked about it was that they only made brown bread. <laughs> and I said, man, this must be a special place because I didn't see no white bread. Where the bread at? Every time they brought bread to us, it was brown bread. And in the morning for breakfast, we always had what they call full. It was yeah. beans uh-huh. and these big loaves of bread. Mm-hmm. And they had a big bowl. Oh, God. Oh, it was, the food was so good. Mm-hmm. I loved it. And I wanted to stay longer, but my visa ran out. I'm at 658 in the Crescent City, and we've spent a wonderful time with Idris Muhammad and also with Don Paul. Don, thank you so much. Uh, it was uh, such a pleasure. And Idris Muhammad, thank you very much. You're going to have to come back, you know, because well, this isn't enough. I'm telling you, uh, you're going you're gonna <laughs> to have a lot of problems <laughs> trying to keep me away from over here because it's so nice and so comfortable. I'm looking out of and your window. I'm looking out of your window. I see the Mississippi River and boats are going by. Do you know what this means to me? You know the song? Do you know what I it means? I do know that song. To miss New Orleans. Yes, sir. I ain't going to miss it no more. Okay. Wow. No, but I would like to come back and spend some more time with you. It was very wonderful. I enjoyed it a lot. And we enjoyed it as well. Thank you. Thanks to everyone who made this possible, uh, Idris Mohammed, Don Paul, Rick uh, Wilkoff, um, for helping us get all these tracks together. Uh, Bill Inslee, who's patiently and untiringly held uh, a camera and <laughs> snapped pictures of things as uh, we went along. And um, keep it right here at WWOZ.